Hello and welcome to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McDonough, and with me is Dr. Kimber Richter. She is professor at the University of Kansas Medical Center, and she caught my attention uh, in an article that she had in the New England Journal of Medicine where she talked about big marijuana lessons from big tobacco. I like the way she started. She said the United States is divided over the legalization of marijuana. Arguments in favor include protection of individual rights, elimination of criminal sentencing for minor offenses, collection of tax revenue, and elimination of the black market. Counter-arguments include possible escalation of use, adverse mental and physical health effects, and potential medical and social costs. So first of all, Dr. Richter, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks for having me. My first question for you is, you wrote a very long editorial, a very interesting editorial. Maybe your words better than mine, you can summarize the points you were making. Well, um, Dr. Sharon Levi and I were both really concerned about the fact that people focused on um, the current harms of marijuana when folks were thinking about um, whether to legalize or not, but didn't think about the kind of transformative effects that an industry would have. So I guess, you know, when I think about what marijuana could mean um, as a consumer product, I, I just feel like legalizing it and creating an industry would, you know, create a moving target, and nobody was really talking about how marijuana and its products are are a real moving target. And so I wanted to point that out, um, and just sort of based on my experience with tobacco. Tell me a little bit when you mean moving target. What are you saying? Well, the content of of marijuana itself is changing. Um, the, um, The potency of strains that are available now are much stronger than they were in the past. And also the kinds of products that are being marketed that contain marijuana and constituents of marijuana are changing. And I think that this can be accelerated um, if marijuana becomes legalized and the sales of marijuana increase. So there's that much more research and development money for marijuana producers. So it's changing all the time, and it's really hard to get a bead on what are its effects? You know, how harmful is it? Because it's changing. You talk about, in, in the fact, the title is Big Marijuana, Lessons from Big Tobacco. What have we learned from big tobacco from your perspective? And clearly you're an expert who deals in this field. What have we learned about, at least from a medical standpoint, the dangers and concerns first? Well, with tobacco, we know that um, when people started using it, um, it was sort of very different from the industrialized cigarettes that we use today. So we know that different strains were introduced and different ways of preparing it were created to increase its addiction potential without really any regard for its safety. And so that's one fear about you know, what could happen with marijuana if it became legalized and um, sort of uh, corporate America swung behind improving it as a consumer product. Um, also, you know, tobacco is very uh, dependence-forming, and that, that dependence potential changed over time, too. And although marijuana appears to be less dependence-forming, maybe a third less, um, third lower proportion of people might become addicted to marijuana when they use it than tobacco, that's the marijuana of, you know, maybe 20 years ago or, you know, or the current marijuana, not the marijuana that's being developed in um, the states where it's been legalized. So I guess... 
the fact that we've seen uh, tobacco be transformed and um, become more addictive and more harmful uh, makes me think that this is you know quite possible for marijuana. From yeah. what we've seen in the world of tobacco, yeah. if they did the same things with marijuana, it, it could be devastating, clearly, because, and you're right, uh, from a perspective of looking ahead of time, I think most of us, including myself, that's why I found this so fascinating, mm-hmm. I'm looking at it as, Oh my gosh! Is marijuana gonna you know turn a generation into drug abusers? Is marijuana gonna ha- do this, do that? I'm thinking in 1980s, 1970s terms, not somebody yeah. taking it, changing it, modifying it, and and trying to really monetize the use of it. Yeah, exactly. And also, if it becomes legalized, then there'll be you know advocacy groups that that will spring up. They've already. Um, been created to protect the corporate interests of the marijuana industry. And that means that big money can get into politics. And um, we've seen recently um, a real sort of rolling back of, um, of regulation over money and politics. And so, you know, for anything, and, but that will apply to marijuana money, um, protecting marijuana corporate interests as well. So although we could say that, well, we can legalize it, and then if it gets to be a problem, maybe we can introduce some laws and stuff like that. But once the horse is out of the barn and once there are um, big lobbying interests sort of pounding on the doors of legislators, then it's going to be harder to to um, address some issues that might come out um, after you know we've seen the effects of these newer products. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough, your host. I am speaking with Dr. Kimber Richter. She's from the University of Kansas Medical Center. She joined with uh, Dr. Sharon Levy to write an article in the New England Journal of Medicine, Big Marijuana, Lessons from Big Tobacco. Tell me what responses you have received thus far. Obviously, I'm sure I'm not the only person who read it and noticed that it was fascinated by what you had to say. Well, um, I've heard from a number of folks that they hadn't really thought about marijuana as a moving target. And when they were balancing the harms of marijuana versus the the benefits or maybe um, the reduced harms of making it legal, that is, correcting some of the longstanding problems with criminal enforcement of of drug laws, um, they thought, ah, marijuana is just not that harmful. What's the big deal? But then they hadn't thought of marijuana as a moving target and as the industry as a real catalyst for change. So a lot of people, um, you know, thanked me and, and thought that um, it pointed out something that sort of needed to be uh, addressed in thinking about marijuana policy. A lot of other folks have sort of said, ah, this is knee-jerk, um, prohibitionist advocates, you know, coming out with more arguments about, you know, why we need to keep marijuana illegal. Um, and I was a tiny bit disappointed in that because, you know, really I, I hope to point out the fact that we just need to think really carefully about how marijuana can change, not the marijuana uh, from 10 years ago or 20 years ago, but what is the marijuana today and what is the industry going to do with it? And I think anybody ought to be thinking hard about that. Our program, of course, reaches out to physicians, particularly primary care physicians, health care providers. And what about marijuana as a tool to help in various illnesses? And what about addictive potential? I know you mentioned in your um, report about 9% of cannabis users meet the criteria for dependence. But tell me a little bit about the dependence and also where it could be helpful as a tool uh, with it being legalized. 
Well, um, it's, yeah, 9%, um, but uh, of, of all folks who report they have ever used marijuana also report that they have been dependent on marijuana. And that's according to kind of large epidemiological studies. But that's 9% of everybody. Um, when you look at um, youth um, who have tried it, they become um, much more likely to become dependent on it. Um, and so, it, or people who tried um, marijuana when they were still young um, have a much higher addiction potential. So um, I guess the, I think the danger in the addiction uh, potential of marijuana is, A, that it's changing so we don't really know what these innovations are going to do to its dependence potential. In terms of its benefits, there are some reviews coming out that suggest that it has some health benefits but there aren't that many studies, in part because it's difficult to do research on the health effects of marijuana because of the way it's scheduled right now. And I really believe that we do need more research on the potential health benefits of marijuana, and we really need to open that door up because we shouldn't throw any babies out with any bathwater. We should look at the beneficial effects of any medication or any drug, any medication that can be derived from natural components. But right now, there's very little research on the health benefits, and we need to we need to strengthen that. One of the things that you wrote that concerned me, you know, as a physician, was you talked about how there's new vaporizer delivery systems developed by some manufacturers that could reduce lung irritation from smoking, but also could allow users to consume more THC, and that, of course, is the component most closely associated with euphoria, addictive potential, and the mental health side effects. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that. Right now, marijuana, in any of the way that it's, it's being packaged for consumption, it's not medicine. Medicine adheres to very strict um, standards, uh, protocols of, of how it's processed and how it's packaged and its potency so that when anyone takes a, a prescription medicine, they know what they're getting. And right now, smoked marijuana or marijuana that's been, you know, developed and, and produced by um, independent for-profit companies without any oversight, it's sort of the Wild West out there, and you have no idea what's, what's in there. And um, so, you know, even in states where it's legal for medicinal purposes, you really don't know what you're getting when you're using it. And I think that's, that's the frustrating thing for physicians I know in Canada there are proposals uh, to have physicians be the gatekeepers for uh, medical marijuana and, you know, that people, or for any use of marijuana so that people can go to their doctor and talk to their doctor. But, you know, doctors don't know what people are getting because one uh, joint of marijuana or one strain is one strain and you have no, there's no standardization. Right, and I would think also most of us to a large extent weren't taught about it. There'd be a lot of education we'd have to have to understand. Exactly. And, I mean, the, the education around alcohol, around tobacco, is really, really terrible right now in, in, in medical schools and any schools of health. It's very, very minimal, even sort of given the tremendous harms that come from both of those substances. And um, how in the world are we going to get um, these already beleaguered educational programs that are trying to teach so many things to provide balanced information about about marijuana, you know, who knows how that's going to happen. 
We only have a couple more minutes left with Dr. Kimber Richter. And I wanted to ask you also, I know you have a great deal of experience. In fact, probably a lot of the interest you have in marijuana stems from your work with tobacco, cigarette smoking, and smoking cessation. Where are we right now um, in our battle against cigarettes? I mean, this has been going on for so long, and yet we make a stride forward, a stride back. Where where are we as a country uh, because of all the disastrous health effects as a result of smoking? Well, you know, it's so funny. People, uh, and I've been working in Brazil for the last six weeks. And, uh, you know, in the U.S., we have a real mixed bag. We have national guidelines around tobacco treatment, but we have not ratified uh, the international treaty uh, on the framework convention on tobacco control. So we really haven't um, gotten on board with um, the other 180 or so uh, countries in the world that have said, you know, here is how we're going to deal with marijuana on an international basis. So, so we we haven't sort of jumped on board with that. You know, we've been the home for a lot of the research uh, for new treatments for tobacco use, but still a lot of people don't have access to those treatments. And the Affordable Care Act has opened up coverage for people on Medicaid, um, which is wonderful, and also people with private insurance. There are new mandates for covering. Uh, tobacco treatment medications and counseling, but it's not uniform, and it seems so crazy because these medications, when you look at them compared to the cost of treating the health effects of tobacco, are nothing, and yet we haven't really put our money where our mouths are and said, look, you know, we're going to make access to treatment. We're going to make it as easy as possible for you to quit. So that's kind of frustrating. We don't yet have a national clean indoor air policy. We have, you know, roughly half of our states have that. So we've got a long way to go there. So, you know, I'd say we're doing well and things are looking up for treatment because of the Affordable Care Act. But uh, we, we have a long way to go. At the time we're recording this program, we're in the midst of the World Cup. You just got back from Brazil. Did you get a chance to see any soccer? I sure did. I went to, uh, it wasn't a key game, but it was the game that we could get into um, in Brasilia, uh, Switzerland against Ecuador. My granddad was Swiss, so I decided to, to plunk for the, for the Swiss, and they won. Uh, and it was wonderful. And, um, you know, Brazil actually, um, they kind of have a, uh, they have a wonderful uh, tobacco control program there, and they've made a lot of strides in areas where we haven't. And then areas where we've um, excelled, um, they're, they're really struggling with. So it's really great um, not only to go to another country to see the soccer, but also to it helps understand um, you know, where we are here in the country, in the U.S. Well, the sharing of the ideas is so important, and it's really great you're doing this work. And Dr. Kimber Richter, I want to thank you for joining us on Primary Care today. I really appreciate you taking your time. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. This is Dr. Brian McDonough. If you missed any of this discussion, please visit ReachMD.com slash Primary Care Today to download the podcast and learn more about the series. Thank you very much for listening.